0: Hello there, this is episode 27 of the TV Zone Plus podcast, the best, most wonderful, most fantastic, most categorically incredible podcast that ever existed, with me, Scott Holmes, and this gentleman, Paul Mount. Let's get on with the show. Oh, no, no, no,
1: no, no! I'm sorry we're going to do it. How's it going? Alright, how's it going, buddy? You watching the footy? No. Nope. Watching the World Cup, mate? No. Nope. You haven't been down the pub? No. Nope. Having a few jars? No. Nope. Watching the old footy. What? Having what? a little kick
0: What is this? What is kick-about?
1: this? I'm trying to be a lad. This sounds like a sport. Oh smash your no face sport. in sport. Oh smash your <laughs> face in. <laughs> uh. Oh, that Gordon Best. Is that his name? Gordon Banks. Is he a famous footballer? No, I don't know. I, well, maybe. George Best. George Best. And Gordon Banks. I don't think he's around anymore. He was George go- Best, He's joking. He? What's happening?
0: I don't know. Bloody
1: hell. God you haven't Best. been watching the World Cup then? No. <laughs> it's all World Cup, World Cup,
0: World Cup at the moment. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, this is why we haven't seen uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because <laughs> of the World Cup. You <laughs> oh, know, because they, on they don't think that
1: we're going to go and see it because of the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's footy time at the moment. As we're recording this, is footy time. Mm. everybody's getting very excited because England have won a couple of matches. People still seem to think England are going to win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care that much. You know more than I do. Yeah. So, but no, uh, if you're enjoying the football, well Dan We're not, you know. <laughs> yeah. if, if you've seen <laughs> us, you'll know we're not particularly sporty. This is the most football speak you'll probably ever get from us. Yes. So. <laughs> Um, no, good luck if you're enjoying the footy. We've not been watching it. I've not been watching it, but it's you know it's one of these things. It's hard to avoid because the TV schedules get taken over. Mm. It's football this, football that, and there is generally a, a feeling that you've got to join in. You've got to join in. Well, no, nah, I don't have to. No, not interested. Nope. No, I'm only interested in a sort of a current affair sort of way, so that I know what's happened without caring about it. If you know what I mean? Not even me for that. No. Nope. Uh, so apart from football, Paul? Yes. what have you been up to? I've had a very funny couple of weeks, really. Hilarious, you might say. Ha, ha, ha. A bit like that. No, it can't do No, it? it's just been... Well, at the moment, we're in the middle of this bloody heat wave. It's roasting hot. It's boiling hot. We've had about a week... It makes me laugh at this country. We've had a week of really, you know, sunny weather. It's been quite humid. It's been dreadful. And um, the pipe band's are kicking in in Northern Ireland, and they're, you know, they're starting to say... You know, drink your bath water, drink your own urine, um, <laughs> don't water the, the garden. Don't have water games outside the garden. Don't throw water balloons around like some people do. Like I did last,
0: yes. Exactly. Yesterday,
1: yeah. So not know, it's been very hot I and mean, luckily I've not had much to do the last couple days. not had a lot of work on. I've done my Starburst bits and pieces. I'm just about to start my Starburst annual holiday, my two-month break from writing TV Zone column. But does that mean you'll no longer be doing the TV Zone Plus podcast? Well, I will be continuing to do the podcast. Good, Are you going to be
0: doing it? Um, no. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay then. <laughs> so the, the podcast will continue, but I'm just having a short break from the um, the column itself. Then I shall return for another stint, and then we'll see what happens next year. He Ooh. said mysteriously. Um, so the podcast continues, but it's just yeah, it's just been a couple of quiet weeks, uh, just chilling really. Um, lazing about in the garden, reading a couple of books, one of which I'll be talking about shortly. So, Max and um, not cool. Trying to, I mean, this is, a, this is a funny sort of episode for you, this, isn't it? Because ha, ha, ha. Um, although you finished Luke K., I haven't finished anything that we've had on our itinerary. Well said. I've just been dipping into things. Yes. Um, so, I haven't finished it out of the stuff we were talking about, which often happens when I write the magazine column, I sort of review. Working progress of things, and that's the way it's been this month. Because my television viewing has been odd this month. I've been drifting around YouTube and uh, Netflix, watching odds and sods. Um, for example, I've discovered—I've well, heard of it, but I started watching comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And I got uh, the impression you're not a Jerry Seinfeld fan.
0: Uh, not greatly. I can't say I've seen much of his work. No, he's not very well known over here. I, I did attempt to watch this uh, because Jim Carrey was on it, I think, the very first episode. of, So I thought, oh, I'll have a little gander. Um, but it was just two men talking about stuff that they found funny, and, and it, it just didn't relate to me, unfortunately.
1: Well, I think it's it's a funny show. Basically, it's um, Jerry Seinfeld, who is who's most people know, he was the star and co-creator with Larry David of Seinfeld, the most popular comedy series of all time in America. It was just a massive, massive hit. Have you ever seen it? Uh, no. It's very funny. It's, it's a show about nothing. They'd call it a show about nothing. It's about these four characters. Jerry Seinfeld plays sort of a, a version of himself, a struggling New York comedian living in a flat. And it's about his friends. And they're completely self-centered and egotistic. Everything revolves around them. They never learn anything. Know, they have these stories, but they never get better as people. And it ran for nine years. It's just really, if you like Kirby enthusiasm, it's that sort of humour to it. Yeah. Larry David co-created it, and um, it was so massively popular. I think when he finished in the mid-nineties, even then, I think the cast were on like a million dollars an episode. So wow. Jerry Seinfeld is extremely rich, very well regarded. He doesn't do that much stuff because he doesn't need to I think he's always got a stand up but Seinfeld it's funny with Seinfeld it was never really shown much over here I think BBC 2 used to show it quite late at night like half past 11 12 o'clock you're not going to get an audience there I only discovered it when it came out on DVD because a friend of mine had seen it and I started what I just got hooked and bought all the box sets I think it's now all on Amazon Prime so this series is just Jerry in a different classic car every episode he just collects a comedian or a friend of his, all the, the cast of Seinfeld have all been on there. And Ricky Larry Gervais David, was though, Ricky on there. Ricky Gervais things, I was one yesterday, and he just they just drive across New York and they go and have coffee and breakfast, and they just have a chat and have a laugh. I just think it's quite amusing. I, I just like his, his sense of humour. I mean, a lot of them. If you look at the list of episodes, it's people I don't know. A lot of American yeah. comedians and comedy actors I'm not that interested in. It. There's a very good one with Barack Obama. He did when he was actually the president. Oh, right, okay. And it's really good because he sort of he parks outside the White House and. And um, Barack Obama's in the oval office working. You see him at the window, he sort of knocks on the window. And he says, Come in, come in he goes on the side door and see all the security guards and everything around and he just comes in, he sort of flops on the city. Are we going for coffee? Yeah, I just got some work to finish off. So Cyclops just lounged around eating apples It was just very I just found it quite funny. But of course, because he's the because they're not actually allowed to leave the grounds of the White House, so they have to have coffee in a little kitchen in the White House itself. It's just this informal conversation. It's quite interesting. But no, a lot of them, I don't know the people, so I'm not very interested. But I've just, I've just been watching stuff like that that you know, doesn't involve much brain activity. It's yeah. just too hot. And I've also watched... Um, uh, have you seen the Paul McCartney, James Corden thing yet? Where yeah. do you stand on James Corden? Don't say his, um, don't say his windpipe, because that's an easy guy. <laughs> I, I,
0: I don't like the guy. No, look, I, people I, like that. I, th- yeah. I think he's very... Um, Pump person, he's done very little to get where he <gasps> is. I, I really do.
1: I, I don't like the guy. I do like him, I think he's great. Yeah, I, I understand why people don't like him because he's very, he, he's just full of self confidence. I wish I had half his self confidence because he really knows how to sell himself and he's not, you know, he just gets out there. I don't find him funny, I find him forced. Well, I, I like Gavin and Stacey, I think that's it. That's different.
0: the only thing I, I thought he was good in, yeah. Um, but that's because he was basically playing
1: himself well i think when he does those things he does play himself and i think that he will admit and now he's not himself now these he's big america i think he's more himself than he has been post gavin mm-hmm. and stacey because i think when gavin and stacey finished he admits to himself that he was so arrogant and so egotistic and they sort of tried to force this comic double act with Matthew. Oh, well, they really Gavin, tried that, yeah. And that just didn't work. They did like that lesbian film. vampire Slayer. Oh, shocking, yeah, so bad. Shocking, even though Paul McGann is in it, it's a shocking film. They did a sketch show for BBC Three that was just desperately bad. And I think it. I think they've fallen out because they don't work together now. They were never that sort of double act. But I think the Gavin and you thing carried them along. Yeah, I mean, and they, he's done lots of films and things. Films. And I met him actually, Penarth. he was a doctor, and he was really very nice then Yeah, but I think he's gone over to America now on this massive multi-million dollar contract to do this late night chat show and I think he comes across quite well and I think he's much more humble than he was because
0: I think he's well, he's my wife watches a lot of his stuff on YouTube yeah. and I, I just... I, it's just something about I just don't... I just... He is quite mama. Like, people either really hate him or really think he's I I'm nice. Sure, the thing him. is, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know he, he got a bit of stick recently, didn't he? He said something that uh, wasn't... Uh, Every, yeah, anybody opens their mouth. he says, oh, but these anybody days... Anybody opens yeah, their mouth on social media. These days, everything is So, from from rock and, on the rock and, and so, Yeah, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I haven't heard any negativity towards his character. I think
1: he's a married man. Know, he's got two kids, and obviously he's in his late 30s now. So I think he's settled down a bit and I think he's more focused. But this, anyway, I'm wondering about this because I watch this thing on YouTube. He does this thing called Carpool Karaoke, yes. where he picks up, like, he gives a lift to a famous music star and they go on a trip. And it, it's, quite, it's just quite funny. It's, no, it's, quite, it's quite sort of set up in places. But he did one because he's been in Britain doing shows recently. He did one with Paul McCartney, which is about 25 minutes long. And he's honestly, it's one of the most uplifting and heartwarming things I've ever seen because he, Paul McCartney takes him on Liverpool to all his old haunts in the Beatles' days. They go to Penny Lane. He shows him the house he grew up in. And James Corden genuinely is humbled by this and in awe of it, because he's one of the most famous musicians in the world. And the, the end of it is brilliant, because it he, he goes to a pub. It's just a quiet pub in Liverpool where the Beatles used to play before they were famous. And it's just like an old drinking pub, basically. There's a few people dotted around, and James Corden goes in, and he puts them on the jukebox and sends me the part part. There's Paul McCartney with the whole band. Because everybody pub's up and clapping and cheering. And it's just yeah. that you know, people are running in off the streets. And you you get the vibe about how important Paul McCartney is to Liverpool. And you get the vibe that you know, James Corden really appreciates that you know this man has done this. It's just a really nice piece of telly. So I've just been watching stuff like that the last few just odds and sods. It's very out of your character. It is. I'm not, you know, I just haven't been able to settle down to watch stuff because yeah. it's been so hard. I haven't been in the cinema much. Well, yeah. while you've been watching
0: Odds and Sods, I've been doing actual podcast work. Yeah, okay, and with actual work as well. Yeah, you know, I've been going to work well, so a lot. Probably to, you have to
1: work. It's very yeah.
0: Unpleasant. So um, it, it is unfortunate. It it's takes up most fun. of my time. Um, but within that time frame, I, I did finish uh, Luke Cage season two. Excellent. Uh, I went through the whole deal. Um, I watched a good few episodes of Happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, is another thing we're going to be reviewing, and uh, of course Scott's homework. I managed to get through about I think six episodes of the Tripods. Now I watched it on a website. Called uh, the BBC Archive. I sent you a link to it. All oh, right, yeah. And it's it, it just it, they had it all collectively, yeah. and there was four different options, and you pick each option, and it had episodes one to seven, then uh, yeah. seven to thirteen, and then it's yeah. season two. Uh, so I never found that before, and kind of come, come across this. Cause I mm. thought, oh, maybe it's on YouTube. Like quite a lot of the yeah. other things. Have been. I think it is
1: on YouTube. I think um, and individual episodes on well. there that's together yeah. as
0: well. But so, that's the first one I found and I thought, oh, well, let's, let's see if this works, yeah, you know, because yeah. uh, it's got BBC on it and stuff. Let's have a look. And uh, yeah, it worked great. So, um, uh, But after watching, you know, going through Luke Cage be- between work and such um, and uh, watching a couple of episodes of Happy, um, mm-hmm. getting up to the tripods was, the thing is, with Scott's homework, I like to leave it quite close to Recording time, so it's fresh because mm. things like Luke Cage and stuff, it's all you know, what you're going and yeah. what you're getting. Uh, you know, it's, 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 the story's a bit different, but with something like the tripods, you know, it's something I, I like to remember and focus on. Uh, something you know, Scott's homework because
1: I think because some of the homework things are old shows, yeah, and they look they've got a different dramatic dynamic to them, and yeah, and stuff, they look you know. So I know different. how
0: Luke Cage is going to yeah. go in general. Yeah. You know, I know the dynamic of the characters, yeah. but you know the tripod it was done before any of this stuff that I, I watch yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it was filmed differently, produced differently, directed There's differently.
1: An interesting documentary on YouTube, which was shown on BBC Four a few years ago. They did a series called "The Cult of." Which is all about British science fiction series, but what they did do, Doctor Who, which is quite refreshing. And it's just a half-hour show called The Cult of the Tripods, and it's about how the programme was made. Yeah, introduced on the cast and the producer. It's quite interesting. It just went through the whole history of how it was made. It was the BBC's great white hope of new science fiction series. And how it was cancelled after two of the three series and how it did, didn't take off. But we'll talk about that a bit more later on. Mm. Um, but apart from that, uh, you know, doing actual TV Zone Plus podcast
0: work, Paul, just saying. Um, we've... um Well, we can talk about our... We've been doing YouTube our now. side I, I think YouTube we referenced channel.
1: it in last, the last episode. We did. It's changed a little bit. Yes. The format has changed slightly. But we've got a new YouTube channel. Uh, please forgive us it's called those two blokes those two blokes uh, it's not connected to starburst it's not connected to tv on plus it's just something that we're doing yeah just to get our mugs just out there because everybody's reviewing things and doing videos we well, thought well, well why not let's, let's branch out and do something like that
0: so the first video we actually did was our top 10 10th doctor uh, yeah. episodes so our top 10 David Tenants. yeah episodes uh, that ended up being about half hour long in true mm. Scott Holmes and Paul Mal fashion um, so we're, we're, and we're actually going to be um, working on one today which you'll have to go onto our YouTube channel to see and enjoy but uh, it uh, might involve something to do
1: with Marvel the <sighs> Marvel cinematic universe Ooh. which you may gather we're quite keen on
0: yeah you? Uh, we've also got a couple of uh, videos of uh, myself and my wife playing a couple of computer games. A few game people uh, like that sort of stuff. And we also have a fantastic um, video from our great Mr. Mount doing a hereditary
1: review. Okay, let's do, make one thing quite clear. It's not a fantastic video, but... I thought it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not that keen on seeing myself, but well,
0: with really. my uh, editing expertise thrown oh, in, yeah, yeah. you know, we've made Paul look a bit younger. We're, and we're just um, <laughs> we're just
1: starting out doing these so the quality will hopefully get better. Yeah, so get they will and get more used to doing. They get a bit more sophisticated. I mean, they're never going to be sort of um, TV broadcast quality, but then these things generally aren't. But, now, if you uh,
0: type in those two blogs on yeah, Facebook, on
1: YouTube, uh, hopefully soon on
0: Twitter. Uh, so those two blokes, uh, not the number, the word in T-W-O, uh, and you'll come across, uh, hopefully, the fantastic image of us too, and uh, you can watch uh, and enjoy, hopefully. Uh, if you do enjoy, you know, subscribe
1: and uh, give us a bit of information. And we do have a Facebook page as well, yes. so have a look at that. And we'll put, you know, we're put, we not brilliant with social media, we forget to do stuff. A yes, it's, um, you know, even though
0: I am, I am of this generation, I'm, I'm not the... Uh, the greatest with social media yeah. but on to TV Zone Plus podcast and uh, what we're going to be doing on this episode uh, so first of all we're going to jump straight in because we TV Zone Plus let's TV do TV, TV reviews. reviews
1: let's do a TV review Luke Cage season 2 Luke Cage season 2 which, um, dropped on Netflix see these Ooh, dropped young on people Netflix kids. dropped on Netflix yeah homie, homie on June the 21st all 13 episodes in true Netflix season style season 2 of Luke <laughs> Cage this of course is another one of the Marvel street level uh, superheroes as I said in the article I wrote for Starburst he's the streetest of the street level so yeah he really. he's the down and early Luke Cage power oh, man played by Mike Coulter who's previously appeared briefly in the first season of Jessica Jones then his own season of Luke Cage a couple of years ago and now his second season and of course he was in, the Defenders, he was in the Defenders as well. Defenders as well um, right. I've battled my way through six or seven episodes and I will watch it all, now that's for me is an improvement because I didn't get all the way through the first season, I just got exasperated by it, the story and the tone of it. Um, and the fact that it is so street, um, I make no bones about it, but the fact that it is, it's quite hard to get into it, it's very, it's mitty, very, mitty, isn't it? it's yeah. very yeah. urban. Yeah, it's very, very. Urban. And I'm not very urban. I'm a fat boy from Wales. <laughs> I'm not very <laughs> urban. So it's, it's not, a, it's not a sit down watch, and watch, let it roll over you because it demands that you embrace that world. Yeah, and if you're not of, of the world of sort of black well,
0: American culture, the thing so is, it, it's, 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 not it's easy. very much, very, very much, you know, out of Mar- Marvel fashion. It's a very much existing world, really, yeah, isn't it? You yeah. Know, uh, because but
1: this is the thing about all these. Um, Netflix use that they are more realistic than the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe, which is all capes and super pa- proper superpowers and costumes. Well, the thing is, Harlem, Harlem exists,
0: and, well, and Harlem as far as my knowledge is, it's yeah. very much like that. You know, uh, it, it's very much a, a strong black yeah. community. That's, that's
1: the. It's not an issue. Know, I'm not making it as an issue, but this is why I find it harder to embrace it because it is a, a totally unfamiliar world, and it probably sounds incredibly racist. There, but it's yeah. not meant that way. It just yeah. means that I'm. You know, it's it's not my world that I'm familiar with. So I've you know the whole street thing, and I, I can't stand rap music, and it's full of rap music. and you know, I must prefer my nineties, eighties electronica. I'll give <laughs> it a Depeche Mode me. So yeah, it's it's difficult series to get your teeth into, but you do get your teeth into mm-hmm. it because it, it's worth it because. The characters are good. It's very well written. The story is good. The story is good in the second season. I've seen almost six or seven episodes in, but I will get through the rest of it. You, however, Scott, have watched I all have of it. I have watched all of it. Uh,
0: now, when you say the story is good, I agree up to a point. I think the beginning of the story is very kind of get a move on uh, because it, they're constantly referencing and talking about stuff that's happened in season one. Yeah. Now, I know season one happened quite a while ago, uh, you know, because we've had quite a few other Marvels and uh, Marvel kind of series since then. Um but so so I kind of understood in the first episode they talk a lot about uh, characters like Cotton Mouthing incidents that have happened, uh, you know, people kind of you know, being thrown off buildings and so on. And I, I got that for the first episode. I expected that. But it kind of carried on and kept going and kept going and kept going and before you know it you were just constantly full of like it's it just like they were re-watching the first season. Um, then a uh, saving grace comes in, uh, in the form of the character Bushmaster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the character, uh, in the form of Bushmaster, he comes in um, and finally gives Luke Cage a sort of out-there character to fight. Because... You know Jessica Jones, she started and she had um, the purple man, the uh, silver tongue kind of character in Kilgrave, uh, who seemed to have an ability. Uh, you had Iron Fist, who has you know the power of the fist and stuff like that. Uh, whereas Luke Cage was just a strong bloke, but now he has another character that has a, that's a strong bloke, but in a different way. You know. Um, and it really kind of gets into that kind of fight between him and this other character. So for me, Bushmaster was the saving grace of this series. That character coming in really shook things up. Uh, and as this uh,
1: Jamaican sort of yardie type character,
0: he's a yardie, yeah, you know, yardies like a Jamaican <laughs> gang. No. Um, that, uh, and there's a lot of talk about um, the kind of gang wars and uh, you know the um, I forgot her name now. Um, terrible with characters' names and these things. Uh, but the woman who um, kind of owns Harlem at the oh, moment, um, she owns the club. Yes, Ma- uh, M-
1: Mariah. Mariah, well done. Yeah, Colour,
0: uh, Mariah. So yeah, she's she's trying to hold on to what she has. Uh, where, but other people are coming in, and she's trying to make money because she she kind of wants to go in a peaceful way. Yeah. Uh, so she wants to sell the guns that she's got and stuff. But then things take a turn, and she ends up like wanting to get into the drug trade and things like that. Um, this is what's
1: interesting. That all this comes out after a few episodes. Yeah, you can
0: see the way it's going. It really gets into the fit like yeah. like you say, the first couple of episodes were just really kind yeah. of you know,
1: come on. We, yeah. we we know what happened in the first yeah. series We've watched it. Um, I, mean, I understand that it references the first series and references the defenders very obliquely, because and I quite like the fact that Luke Cage is now a public figure. Yeah, he's a hero. He's an idol for kids, and he's not comfortable with that. He doesn't quite know where he fits in and what he's going to do with yeah. it. And that's quite nice. But I think. It's the thing that we have with all these Netflix series. It just takes so long to get going. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I watched episode two, and nothing really had happened from the beginning to the end of any particular note in terms of the story. It was just a lot of people talking. Well,
0: like we said, with a lot of these Marvel uh, series, and this one very, very particularly does it, there's a lot of stuff where you just think, oh, why is this here? Mm. And there's loads of scenes in, in many, many episodes... Where specifically Mariah is stood up, up on her little yeah. kind of protest area that she stands, and it's just music playing, and yeah. you can you're watching the band
1: play. Well, every music. episode's got a musical performance, yeah. And while it's all well and good, then it probably gives vital sort of screen time for lots of up and coming artists, although there are some quite well known ones in the, the rap community or the urban music community, um, it just stops the story. Yeah, because it literally it's like watching Top the Pops. It's yeah, like it's a very f- much like four that. Four-minute clip of somebody performing
0: your song, I and mean, you get the occasional clip of somebody. But most of the time, the occasional clip of somebody right. is just scanning their face, you yeah. know, panning on their face yeah. to see an emotion yeah. of a certain situation. You just say, "Well, let's let, let, let's forget about that." You know, instead of making them, you know, an hour, ten minutes, and, you know, fifty-five minutes, why not
1: make them forty minutes? Well, this is you my know? whole point about the whole Netflix thing. These episodes are far too long. I think it was episode two or three of this I put on, and of course, the time comes up on the bottom of the screen. It was like an hour. Ugh. I don't need an hour along the no. episodes. And especially, and I think it might, whether it was that episode, it was the one just after he's taken a pasting from Pushmaster on the yeah. street. Then half the episode is other people talking about that or looking at the videos of it. And we saw that. We've yeah. seen him getting beaten up. And then he's telling people yeah. about what I don't we've need to hear seen. to talking about other people saying, oh, look, Luke, Luke Cage will be beaten up. And I know it's building up the character of Pushmaster to be a proper threat, but don't keep talking about what we've seen. Yeah. And this is what Netflix showed. They all do it. Things happen, and then you have other people talking about what's just happened and telling people something. I we saw it 10 yeah. minutes ago. We've just
0: seen it. Let's, let's move the story. And it's
1: my constant problem with all these Netflix series too many episodes, too long.
0: Well, um, I think, like we were saying before, though, um, yeah, the opening of the series I think is a little bit slow, uh, a bit jagged, but they all seem to go this way. Yeah. Uh, but after it really, really kicks in, really, really, get, I, I think after about episode eight. Um, It really, really got in. And there's some very, very dark moments in there that you wouldn't have seen. Um, uh, Where where Mariah basically decides, you know what, I'm going full hog. Um, Because um, Shades is um, trying to kind of keep her under control because there's a romantic involvement with them. Um, And Shades respects her power and respects her, so he feels for her. But she starts to go off the rails and Shades notices this. Uh, you know there's a very there's a fantastic scene where Shays realizes his best friend um who he's doing a lot of the work with is a snitch and uh it really the the character of Shays comes out so much more because before he, he was just kind of a thug with sunglasses yeah you know, whereas now he gets so into it that the, this this character evolves greatly just based on the fact that um you know he he has to kill his fine, because he's a snitch, because he's first and foremost a gangster. Uh, and then um, he gets more information, which leads to this horrific scene, which I won't spoil it for you, because mm. when you watch it, you just think, well, this is this is taking a different turn. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah, there's a lot of violence in this, but th- this one point really kind of shows how far Mariah's willing to go to make sure she stays on top. Yeah. She, she is queen.
1: Yeah. Of, of Harlem and that comes out quite a lot. She yeah. says it's quite a bit. That's um, the thing I find me about it. As every episode goes by, I'm liking it more. Yeah. Once you get into the story and you get used to the characters and see how it's all moving, but you just think you could tighten it all up. You could yeah. tighten it up. Yeah, you could. You, know, you could condense it. You know, could yeah. give us a more harder hitting
0: story. Because yeah. when when it gets into it, especially like I say, Bushmaster, it, it's nice for him to have a villain. You know, a proper villain, not just a couple of gangster villains. what's she never get the villain, Bushmaster?
1: Um, it's nice for him to have that kind of he
0: seems like
1: a comic because he's indestructible he's got superpowers as well he's very very powerful so he he feels like a supervillain which you don't get a lot of in these series Kilgrave is a supervillain. to the thing, I,
0: I like the difference though, whereas Luke Cage, whenever he gets hit by a bullet, yeah. pops off. Yeah. Whereas uh, the Russian Master, when he gets shot, the bullet's seem embedded yeah. in his skin. So there's it's almost nice, like his skin was kevlar. that nice scene
1: where he's popping them out.
0: Of he's his probably, he's blood on the yeah. bullets and yeah. stuff. So they did they, did make an impact. Yeah, you know, they, they hurt him a lot more than what Luke Cage would have hit. Yeah. Um, but um, you know he's a bit more skilled in the art of fighting, so you know can Luke Cage come up against this? Um, one character that's missed, I think, and uh, I, I think she's to start with, she's she's done really poorly
1: as Misty, the police officer. Well, I quite like I quite like that idea. I quite like the way that that's done to an extent because she's, if you remember in the Defender, she lost an arm in the battle yeah. with the hand, which is quite funny. Arm, arm hand, arm. Um, <laughs> but. Um, she spends the first few episodes sort of back with the police and trying to find her place as a you know, a not able bodied character. For like yeah. you know, nobody's quite sure where she fits in. But as you, I think you mentioned about that, that's what her everything is about her not yeah. having an arm. Yeah, everyone's reaction to her not having an arm, not as a person. And so, can, can we not expand on this yeah. character or
0: tighten the character yeah. up because she does get. Uh, well, a replacement I think happening. that
1: must be maybe the most episode of scene six or seven. obviously, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And you think, hang well, on, she's just had this incredible prosthetic arm stuck on. And you see her have the operation with the arms put on. Then the next scene, she's walking into Luke's office. He says, hang on, that's. Yeah. That's, <laughs> wouldn't you sort of recuperate? or But um, it all seems a bit quick. Well, the thing is,
0: it's nice though, as soon as that happens, she becomes the character that yeah. we had in the first series yeah. again. That went on for too long for me, the, the yeah. kind of moment. and I mean there there was one point where one of the police officers walked past and they say, Hey missy, do you need a hand? Yeah. And she has this big kind of speech about how yeah. she you know, she shows off the arm and yeah. she's got that she's just missing and stuff. Um, and that bit I didn't mind, but it was just constantly every kind of comment towards her, she was like, Oh, I haven't got an yeah. arm And and like, okay, well we know that and we know you're struggling with it, stop mentioning it over and over again. But this is all boils
1: right back down to the problem that is too much they have to film yeah now they're given 13 episodes as long as you like I just wish yeah. they, and they did it with lost, yeah. in, lost in Space was the same there's too many well not just lost too many episodes they were quite long but these things need to be tightened up and yeah. I think that I think that the freedom that Netflix and possibly Amazon have doesn't work creatively because it just allows these writers and creators to be a little bit flabby in their storytelling these things can be much tighter and so, I'm yeah. I know I'm not a script editor but I'm watching this thing and say, well, I don't need that scene. Yeah. Move the story. I, know. I remember one of the basic rules of writing, if you're writing a drama, is every scene should move the story along and have some development. But you've just got people standing up talking Chances. about things that we watched in the yeah. previous episode. So just instead it of ago. moving the story yeah. along, you're, you're pulling it back. I know um, we need to see characters reacting to things dramatically, but just get a move on get a move on. You don't need to do it all the time. It was the bit where
0: Cage was hit. Why don't you have yeah. a montage of people seeing the video and, yeah. you know, yeah. get, get gaze the gaze reaction yeah.
1: So, you know, society are reacting yeah. to this and then that's it. Yeah. Um, but you've constantly got different people watching it and then somebody else watching it. And, then and I quite like by. the bit with the book <laughs> on the street selling the DVDs of it. Yeah. Like the knockoff he's a DVDs good, he's a very there. good character. You know, there's um, lots of nice, I mean, there's a nice running gag about Usain Bolt because yeah. at the beginning he's testing out his powers. And he so, makes some comment. I think did he? Oh, maybe faster. somebody else, else said to, to him. Comment. Yeah, he
0: said, "Oh, damn! I think he's faster yeah. than you Usain Bolt." And then uh, Bushmaster C yeah. he's is like, "Yeah, faster
1: than you Usain yeah. Bolt." You know? But it's a little joke that comes back, and he keeps it keeps on being popped up, a and he constantly says, "I didn't say <laughs> that." That's somebody else said. So it's got some nice little bits of humor in it, sort of, uh, which is quite nice, yeah, which um, lightens um, it a bit. But I think it, it is genuinely a very good series. But it's it's moved along since the first series. Yeah, it's certainly moved up a notch because I just found that I just couldn't engage with that. And I think once once you've got the rhythm of the culture that you're seeing on screen, but uh, it's difficult because all that rap stuff just drives, does my head in. <laughs> but once you accept that that's the world you're in now,
0: and, it's great, and the story well, is the good, thing is you can't put anything else in. Oh, there no, you know, no. well, I'm not well, a fan of rap music. No. You know, it's it's not my first choice. But you know, you can't you can't see Luke Cage walking down the street to Queen. You well, know. the
1: thing is, I don't know. I was wondering that, thinking, and there are constant shots of him walking around, and there's, you know, sometimes fast, sometimes a bit slower. Yeah. With rap music playing, and I, I was watching and thinking, well, is this a cliched version of black culture mm. that is all rap music? I mean, do they listen to Adele? Do black people listen to Adele? <laughs> do? I don't know. It, it just seems like a cliche, or oh, the black culture of gangsters and drugs. Is it a cliche, or is it a genuine representation of life in Harlem? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I've never been to Harlem. I've never been to um, Harlem. Although I did uh, uh, through Hell's Kitchen. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you see Daredevil? No, I didn't.
0: Oh, didn't. Uh, Talking about Daredevil, though, it's nice we do get uh, yep, a revisit for some of the characters. Um, Colin
1: Fogerton. Colin Wing turns up. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, is Daredevil's. Um, Iron Man's girlfriend. Iron Man's or Iron well, Fist? Iron Fist. <laughs> it's hard to move. So Iron Fist's tra-
0: training partner. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Foggy's in a couple of episodes, he's always fun to see. Uh, Iron Fist makes an appearance yeah. as well. Iron Fist turns up a bit later uh, on. So it's,
1: it's nice he's got all those connections because apparently there's not going to be a second series of the Defenders. So I've heard recently. Oh. Did surprise me I thought, Yeah, yeah. But I, it was um, just. Um, <sighs> Christine Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, who said, well, nobody's asked us, so I don't think there's any plans to do it. OK, so that's that, interesting. The original plan was to have the four series that led up to the defenders. Yeah. I think people thought that that would be the end of it. But, of course, all the other characters are carrying on, but they're not doing well, anything. Including the Punisher as well. Yeah. You know, he's the obviously Punisher's had got his, his first season. His you second coming up later this
0: year. So, you know, is,
1: is he, I'd like to see another defenders. Um, but well, be, I think it would be nice to see them because they came together, but they were never a team such. Exactly.
0: It, it was that... Uh, a bit like the first Avengers yeah. film, it was that kind of. Are yeah. they going to win together? Aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you know they will yeah. because it's for the good. They're yeah. all technically good people, even well, then though further down demands. the line
1: they've got the Avengers HQ and all this. I would yeah. want to see that with the Defenders because they're not. Those yeah, I sorts want to see characters. HQ because yeah.
0: the thing is they're all in the same city yeah. defending different parts of the yeah. city. You yeah. know, and uh, and that's that's. There's actually a great conversation between uh, Danny Ryan and Luke Cage. And um, Danny Ryan says, oh, Well, I'll, I'll come, come in and help you then. Yeah. And um, Luke Cage says, uh, you No, know, no, is mine. Yeah. And that's very much the, the feeling that you know, Daredevil is like Hal's Kitchen is yeah. mine. Yeah. So, so these defend like
1: different sections yeah. of yeah. Uh, this, this big city. So it would be nice yeah. to see them all have to come together. Okay, I yeah. appreciate that the hand was a big threat. That's brought them together. But I don't see any reason why. You can't see them. even if it is just guest appearances in other shows now and again, yeah. reference the fact that they are a team or even suggest they've had other adventures well, that we when haven't seen. Danny Ryan
0: comes back in, um, you know, in, in that same conversation he says, Oh well, you know, Harlem's mine. Um Danny Ryan says, Well, you know, when my friends are involved, now it's mine. Yeah. So it's nice to know that they're and they've got a very good kind of relationship because obviously they had a bit of a scuffle in the defenders, didn't they? You yeah. know, um, yeah. Because uh, they were after Danny, and the Hammer after Danny, so Luke Cage was looking after, and mm. Danny didn't want to be stuck down. Yeah. So yeah, th- this kind of thing, and there's quite a funny um, kind of running thing about Danny saying that you know, you're angry all the time because there's this problem with Luke Cage being angry yeah. all the time, uh, which affects Claire, his girlfriend, who yeah. I think was really underused in this series. Well, it's
1: the point that I'm on now, she's left,
0: she's, she's, so she's gone. gone, yeah. She comes back. Um, well, the thing is, she does come back. Yeah. But clearly they didn't want the actress to come back because right. in the very last scene,
1: yeah.
0: uh, Luke just just stood there with, with a character and then uh, the character goes, she's here. Yeah. And he looks down and he goes, tell Claire to go home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that was it.
0: There's yeah. no kind of shot of her walking in yeah. because th- there's a massive difference by the yeah. end of this series. So I'm intrigued to see where they
1: go from here. In the episode I've just watched, which was six or seven, he goes to visit that woman who sold the potion things. And mm. it seems to be some sort of Thing there they seem to be attracted to each other. does that come to anything later in the series no because that's the daughter of the daughter um, of I forgot her name again uh, already Mariah Mariah thank yeah. you yeah that's the
0: daughter of Mariah yeah. uh, I mean she does become a key influence yeah. in the story uh, but there's
1: definitely nothing yeah. in that regard so um, I thought let's pass that where they were going to go and then yeah Claire would come back and they would be like because Claire's basically
0: to them, it, you're almost like it's almost like watching the chronicles of Claire, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. she pops up in every she, single she's been, story. She's been
1: all of them, I think.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thing is, Danny Rand again when when he's here, he, yeah. he mentions her. He says, "Oh, I've spoken to her since she's left you."
1: Yeah. Um, now remind me at the end of Defenders when they think Daredevil's dead, mm. we get those shots of Matt Murdoch. Where was he now? Was that something to do with Claire? Had she found him? some sanctuary or was it some sort of nuns or something I can't remember uh, I think he back, he's in a church because that, yeah. that's, that's where he hangs out I think yeah. that's where he is but it's nothing to do with Claire didn't find that for him she? No, no, I, mean, I, I thought would she reference the fact that she knows he's still alive? Or yeah, something
0: else? Uh, they, they do talk about him. Yeah, um, I but uh, Luke, yeah. yeah, I think you've probably seen it. Actually, yeah, Luke irritated. again irritate. He's like, yeah. oh, don't give me this, uh, Matt Murdoch rubbish. Yeah. You know, because yeah. uh, he, he didn't want to be likened that's to it. her. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's Luke.
1: She's two. So at the end of it. Then do you, was it a satisfying? Yeah,
0: story. It's interesting actually because I'm very excited to see where it goes. Mm. Uh, which I wasn't greatly in after season one. No. So at end of season two, uh, big changes happen, like massive stuff happen. It's it's, it's not like it, it's a very good ending to a series um, because er, the whole formula will definitely change from yeah. now onwards to see where it goes.
1: Um, so yeah, it's. it's see, see well, I'm looking forward. I issues. will watch the rest of it this week, and I, you know, I guess once I got the feel for it and that sort of. You know, just this, it's just the urban thing. It's, it just finds it hard to sort of the, the music. just does my head in as a little <laughs> bit. But you have to go beyond that. But no, it's, it's very, very well done. They yeah. say the, the issues, the Netflix issues, remain what they are. I don't think that they're not going to pay attention to me. I tell them to do less episodes, and shorter ones. Yeah, do they listen? That's, that's the only thing I would do say. They yeah. Do they have? Yeah, I just wish they tighten them up because they can tell much better sleeker stories if they just cut out a lot of padding but it's very good the performance is great my culture is superb and Stu Cage I mean he's just great brilliant. all the cast are great Alfred Woodward as Maria is brilliant the guy who plays um, Bushmaster I would very much like to see the power man kind of image come back for a little yeah. bit though. Just, just for a gimmick.
0: Yeah. They almost did it. Because yeah. when he had that party, guess, they opened the suitcase, right. they yeah. said, wear this. Yeah. And I felt pleased. Because we've had it once already. But well, I think but they slightly through. referenced
1: it because it's like a hood with a yellow sort of lining.
0: Wasn't yeah. It? yeah. So as if like they were sort of... I, I want to see the big fluffy yeah. kind of look there. Yeah. Just, just even, even for a, a gimmick, that would have been great. It's, it's
1: interesting though, isn't it? When you look at... You probably because that look is very 70s, the old power yeah, man is very 70s, 70s. Yeah, and I wrote an article for the next issue of Starburst, the world's longest running magazine in cult entertainment, about Blade, <laughs> celebrating sort of you know the fact that Blade was actually the first Marvel superhero yeah. on screen. Really, people sort of forget that his yeah. 20th anniversary. And I was looking at the old images of Blade from the comics, and he had that big sort of 70s afro hair, yeah. and the big leather. It was a real sort of cliche, yeah, superfly sort of 1970. It was black 70s, guy. you yeah. know, that that's... you couldn't, you know you couldn't do that now because it's not the 70s. No. You know, the culture, is, culture is has changed. culture has evolved in James and changed this is why we'll presumably never see Power Man like that. Exactly. Because that was a 70s version of Power Man. Yeah. This is a 21st century. And it's always relocate. nice to have that little throwaway. But it's it, nice you know? that they reference it and yeah. sort of have some acknowledgement that that's yeah. where the character so
0: That's where from. the character started there yeah. and that's, that's the generation yeah. where he began. Uh, marks out of
1: 10 for what you've seen for what so far? what I've seen far? I'm going to give it 7 mm-hmm. But I know it's going to get better, because now yeah. I have five, six episodes, and I'm used to the, the rhythms of it, and the characters are, are interesting, I like the way the things are developing, and I can see the threads of it moving forward, so I suspect it'll be an eight, possibly a nine, but I'm not seeing it all, but um, I am enjoying it.
0: I am giving it an eight, uh, the only reason it's not higher is because the first couple of episodes were, uh, were a They were it was a bit kind of, less get on the story, mm. but once it gets into it, gets into it, so it... Eight out of ten, you know, couldn't give
1: it any lower. Mm. Definitely not lower. Well, no, it's clearly a quality mm. piece of television. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, I'm, you know, I watch all these things. The I would
0: probably put this quite high at my um, uh, Netflix Marvel. Yeah. I would probably sit quite high up there. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist probably being still very low. Well, I so I would like to see them do something with that series. I think
1: possibly Daredevil series two is the best for me. I think.
0: Yeah, I think that really kind of played into. Although it. I did like
1: Jessica Jones season two, I know that some people weren't too keen. It wasn't ones, mine I, Yeah, Jessica Jones season I, two is a bit lower. I got more involved in that. I liked some of the backstory stuff. But uh, didn't we Defenders. actually say though this
0: the season two? I, I remember yeah. saying on one of our podcast episodes that season two Luke Cage might bring us up because yeah. it's quite low at the moment. Yeah, yeah I think I think they really pulled out of the back yeah. of Luke, uh, Luke
1: Cage season two. I would highly highly recommend watching it. It's not streaming on Netflix now. Thirteen episodes. Like I can say you know. You might get into it very quickly. It took yeah. me a bit of time. Because it's all about the story for me. and I just couldn't feel the first few episodes. It was referencing what had happened before. Nothing much was going on. But by about episode three or four, it starts to pick up the pace. Which makes you wonder why they didn't just do the ten episodes and just cut yeah. out the crap of the first exactly.
0: Well, this is why Defenders I thought worked a lot better because uh, it was even that episodes, was a bit padded, it? but yeah.
1: it worked a lot better because it was just go on with it. It if, if, if flowed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Luke so that's Luke Cage now get on, it. on Netflix. Go and have a look. Netflix channel, I should say.
0: Go and have a look. I'll also rec- uh, say as well, the opening um, theme tune is really the, the kind of like uh, twangy and yeah. you wow wah guitar. Really, really like that. Um, well, usually I, I'll, I'll click through I it. i skip that. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't really like that function on Netflix, to skip the title sequence because... Some title sequences are fantastic.
0: Well, the thing is, the title sequence imagery is, is, is okay, yeah. but it, it's the theme. Yeah. It? And, and it's unfortunate if you skip the yeah. intro, because people put a lot of work into those yeah. those intros, you know, the,
1: the music. What if you think, that, in. You know, especially in the 60s and 70s, you know, title sequences were really important. Yeah. It's not so much these days, especially on network television in America, because they don't want to risk people, and that's what people's attention spans are. If you've got a 30-second title sequence, oh, bored now, they'll turn the channel yeah. Netflix hasn't got that because they know the audience are watching something because they well, want to watch it. The
0: thing is, as, as a man who, um, I do a bit of editing on this podcast, on our YouTube stuff, and if people skipped all of my editing work, yeah. that, you know, what, what I've, it's yeah. like, um, you know, say, like with Luke Cage, you know, somebody edited all that together to yeah. make those imageries and yeah. things. A lot of work goes into that. Yeah. So, you know, I do like to, unless it's really irritating opening, which I haven't, can't say I've come across greatly. No, I mean, um,
1: it's, no, I don't think it happens. I mean, you know, a, a good title sequence is something you I mean, will you, you get some remember. boring ones. Yeah, you know, like,
0: like there are boring
1: ones out there which I will, will make me skip. Well, a lot but of shows, a lot of shows are these days just the caption will come up and a bit of Vah! music. Yeah, make an effort. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is an American network television thing. They don't want to risk people yeah, turning over. Make an effort. Yeah, something else. But I like things like um, there's a series called Six Feet Under that was on a few years ago about yeah. funeral directors. Not much. that bad. Brilliant, though. brilliant title sequence, so beautifully done. Um and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a good title sequence and I, I always used to like title sequences. they don't tend to do it now so much is where all the cast come up and these sort of hero poses and yeah. come up. Well, I, it, I love know, them. yeah that's a very 70s 80s sort of thing really but they tend to be a bit more subtle these days so yeah but um yeah, don't skip the Luke Cage title sequence. Although I do, <laughs> yeah. oh, because, I do. I enjoy them. I uh, tell you why I do it. It comes up on screen. It's like Netflix, Luke Cage. Yeah. Boom. One hour, Netflix. two minutes. <laughs> I'll well, Skip three minutes. I <laughs> missing the <laughs> in there. <single. laughs> See, you make the episode short. I'll watch the title sequence Netflix. So be told. Um, okay, so yeah, Luke Cage. So uh, let's move on to What's another. Let's do another TV, TV review. review. Are you, this is, this
0: are you happy?
1: Are you happy? Baffled, really. <laughs> this is um, a very bizarre series called Happy, which is also on Ridiculously Netflix.
0: Ridiculously bizarre series. It's also on Happy. Netflix,
1: although it was actually a sci-fi channel series. They just nabbed it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I think it's been out for a while, but I've only we've mentioned it before. That we're going to um, it.
0: Yeah, I've mentioned it before. And, um, Have you watched all of it? Not all of it, no. I've seen quite far into it.
1: It's um, th- The core idea of it is about the disgraced police detective Nick Sachs, played by Christopher Maloney, who's a bit of an outcast. And uh, he just uh, fills his days. He drinks a lot. He likes uh, to smoke wacky stuff. Yeah. And worse. And he works as a hitman, just to get money. He's basically gone from respectable cop to hitman scumbag. He's a complete scumbag. Yeah, that's basically. And he knows he is. He's got no morals. He's got no sort of moral fibre or moral level. He's just do what he does to get what he wants. Now, that's
0: not the starting of the story, though, is it? No. Because the starting of the story is about this sweet, innocent little yeah. girl who gets taken by this very grungy-looking yeah. clown-type character. That's yeah, fair. To go um, that. And, um, yeah, uh, the, the hitman gets hired yeah. by an imaginary friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, he, it's just bizarre. He he gets hired to kill this bunch of gangsters, his three yes. brothers, and he ends up killing... He has a heart attack. While well, he's doing it. Yes. And he um, has two heart attacks, in fact. And, and he, wakes uh, in the he wakes up in the ambulance. the <laughs> And these two paramedics <laughs> are after him. And suddenly, animated flying unicorn. <laughs> blue flying unicorn appears Starts talking to him.
0: A voice by, fantastically, um, by, oh, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Now, uh, so a lot of people probably know him from his early work in Kings of Queens, which is the Kevin James oh, American right. TV series. Yeah. Uh, more recently, if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's the leader of the fire department. He's in that. Uh, he's done some other fantastic stuff as well. He's, um, but, uh, he's done a couple of voice acting for movies and things as well. But, his voice just works fantastically for this flying annoying unicorn. Um, But I think the best thing about this show is it knows it's messed up. It likes that it's messed up. It's seriously messed up. It it, it will go for the messed up thing. Because there are some very, very dark moments that you see how this police officer gets disgraced and turns into something different because he takes a case on where he finds um, there's a hamster exploding in a microwave, but they assume it's a baby and stuff like that. And there's a lot of really, really dark twists. But then there's some ridiculous moments where he's playing this big game of poker... And he's got Happy, then this little unicorn, cheating for him. Yeah. So he's telling you how to play yeah. the game of That's poker. what I saw in
1: the second episode. He's yeah. got, like, ha- Happy is on the hat of the bloke he's playing. He's him on the he's hat. And him he, and he, Happy doesn't seem to understand what the cards yeah, are, but he yeah. tells them, oh, they're low numbers, they're not even the same colour. So he yeah. knows that they're so uh, like different great. hands. And
0: he plays, but the but thing is,
1: straight after, it leads into an amazing action yeah. sequence where they crash crashing the tables and shooting. It's them. an interesting series. It's created by Grant Morrison, who comic book fans will know, of course, because he's done so much stuff like... Uh, he did um, Animal Man for DC Comics years ago. He did Batman. He's done the JLA. He's done lots of the big characters, All Star Superman, and he created a characters called the Invisibles, which were rumored to be a British science fiction series years ago, but never happened. And Grant Morrison is very well known for doing. He doesn't do straightforward, you know, story goes from A to B. It'll start off at C and then do F. Yeah. And then go back to A. So stories do make sense, but they don't. They're not linear. If you like, they're all over the place. And this this reminded me of Watchmen. It's got that sort of gritty, sort of yeah. very bloodthirsty, that extremely grounded. violent and adult aesthetic to it. I mean, yeah. it's not, This is not for kids. But with this magical unicorn. It's got an animated show, unicorn, it's... but don't let your kids watch it. Yeah, don't, let you... don't, don't think,
0: oh, no. it's called Happy. Yeah. This could be good.
1: Well, oh, I like that song. Yeah, it must be based on that. It's not. <laughs> it's very down and dirty, yeah. incredibly violent. This uh, The first episode, particularly, I've only had a chance to watch two again because I'd be lazy this month. Um, there's a fantastic fight scene when he gets captured and he takes out these nurses and these people who are torturing him. And it's just so well choreographed yeah. and really violent. He's running just, around and all disorientated yeah. as well. Even yeah. the camera work
0: there. Yeah. I like When people are disorientated. people tend to go for the in-your-face yeah. camera and you can see yeah. And I love that. And, and it really, really pulls out. It's very kinetic and full yeah. of energy and it sort of
1: pumps. And it really gets your adrenaline going,
0: yeah, it, it's not a relaxing. The first show episode, at all. I was like,
1: "What's going on here?" And <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, there's a fight. You go, "Yeah, come on, yeah, Hit him through the window, yeah!" And, and then you go back to wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. The first two episodes are almost like a two-parter. Yeah, it's about him meeting Happy, mm-hmm. and then accepting. Coming Happy. to terms. And Happy. he discovers that the girl who's been kidnapped is yeah. actually his daughter, yeah. but he won't accept that first. So it's a very good flash, flash uh, fantasy scene with Jerry Springer. Yeah, Where he's on yes, Jeremy Carter. Yes, that's Khan right. Type. <laughs> uh, shows these horrible traffic shows that you get with people um, going on about um, he's not my kid also. Yeah, and also he's, he's and... on that he won't accept that this is his kid and by the end of the second episode he does accept that this girl Nick, I think her name's Nikki, Nikki now, is yeah. his kid and he says let's go and find this kid and that's almost like the start of the story yeah. so you've got these first two episodes that are wild and all over the place and then it sort of you think, okay, this is where we are. This is the yeah. what, what he is now. It, it's
0: it's done ridiculously well. It's for so stylish. So just, stylish. I mean, when you hear about it, and when I told people about it, they're yeah. like, "No, no, yeah. not interested. It sounds yeah. stupid." But when it came out on Netflix, you know, that's when people look at it and go, yeah. "Oh, I'll give it a go." Yeah. Netflix is kind of like you know the the the
1: gateway for, but for these shows. It's almost like a hallmark of of interest, if not necessarily quality. But if it's on Netflix. The chances are it's got something to it, and like I say, it's unusual because this is a Sci-Fi Channel show in America, and Sci-Fi Channel don't have the best reputation for making quality stuff. But this is really as a step up for them. Very um, much so. Just so it's just so in your face. Um, it's not. It's not. Again, it's not something that you'll sit and watch easily because it it asks a lot to, you. You've got a, quite a high tolerance level for extreme violence and effing and jeffing, as we like to call it. But well, it's really entertaining and I'm, you know, again, it's only eight episodes so it's not a massive commitment. Exactly, yeah.
0: And that's what's nice as well. And they're it,
1: episodes, Netflix.
0: Th- this could not be a long-running show.
1: Well, um, I wouldn't like to watch 22 episodes. Do no, exactly. I mean, it doing needs this, to be contained. They're doing a second season. Hopefully, there'll be eight or ten episodes. Yeah. Again. So I've discovered, I didn't I only just realised this week that The Handmaid's Tale is actually 13 episodes this it year. It is, not 10, yeah. So the episode 11 has just been on America and I'm looking forward to catch up with that as well. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what else to say about it really, it's just so unusual. So, just watch it because yeah. if you like your, if you like fight scenes and
0: violence, it'll work yeah. and if you like weird, kooky unicorns, it'll work um, but if you're young and <laughs> you think, oh my child will watch yeah. this this looks sweet. Parental guidance, no. please parental guidance. Yeah, definitely it, 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 there's not much that can be said about this because it is, you, you've got to make your own mind yeah. up with it.
1: I, mean, I haven't watched enough of it to go into the ins and outs of the individual stories yet but just based on the first two, it I've never seen anything quite like it on television.
0: I, well, the thing is, I, I watched it uh, when it was on uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, but now it's on Netflix. I can finally catch up with it. Yeah. Full on, and uh, I just 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 give it a go. Yeah. And please tell us what you think because this is one of those ones that um, it could be
1: quite divisive. I mean, we've recommended things in the past which I know people have enjoyed. The good Place, like the, the good place. <laughs> back soon. I think I can't wait. Bring,
0: Bring it
1: on. Can't wait. Brilliant um, And. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just I'm just sitting thinking about it, thinking, what's nuts? Yeah. But I'm looking forward to going back, and when I get home tonight, I'll probably watch another couple of Luke Cage's and an episode or two of this, because it's, you want to see what, well, you know, because it's the way you it's You need done. to know where it's going. Yeah. And you and because you want more of it. Yeah. It, it, funny enough, it's all, it's about drug taking. It's almost like a drug in itself, yeah. that I want a bit more, I want another fix of happy, because it's just so unlike anything else that's on TV at the moment. And bear in mind, there's a lot of really good stuff on at the moment, really different stuff. This is a whole other level of different, so, yeah, I, I can only judge on the first two, but i give it an yeah. 8 out of 10 on the basis of... Yeah, the two.
0: I, I would go for an 8 out of 10, because, uh, I mean, I watched it a while ago, I'm pretty sure I saw about four episodes, yeah. uh, but uh, I will restart it uh, to give it a good full, full yep. viewing again. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, an 8 out of 10, get on that. Happy is
1: on Netflix, the Netflix channel even. Now, not... No, we're going to talk about something different. I'm going to throw a curveball in here oh, before we curveball. go on to the next schedule feature. Let's talk about Doctor Who. <gasps> Mm. because we have to mention Doctor Who in every episode because it's obligatory um, just this last week um, a little extract from the new series which mm. has been in production since November a little leaked, whoopsie leaked daisy online. a naughty fan extracted a little extract mm. put it online of course BBC jumped and got rid of it fairly quickly but naturally but
0: as many people many including people ourselves done. Once, jumped onto to watch once it. the
1: genie's out of the bottle it's out of the bottle yeah. so it's presumably and we're not going to give links towards it but it's out there if you want to find it I would imagine yeah. and we've had a look at this uh, extract from the new series and there's also be some images of the new sonic screwdriver which we'll also mention just a quick talk we're not exactly going to review the clip because that would be silly, but just our impressions from it yeah. now first of all a lot of Doctor Who fans Doctor Who alumni have leapt on this clip and said oh she's wonderful she's nailed it from the outset she's the best Doctor ever oh she's knocked it out the ballpark best Doctor ever in 50 seconds you cannot make that judgment <laughs> on a 52 second out of context you can't and if you do you're wrong to do it because you can't. And no. a lot of people who I quite respect as Doctor fans because they, and it is, it's all tied up with the woman doctor thing because there's a lot of, there's still a lot of resistance to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of them just... They're getting close-minded. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. oh, quite happy, she's great actress up. now. If the stories are good, it'll be good. Um, but a lot of people who just want to be seen to be incredibly trendy. Correct. <laughs> and that word that we try not to use. Yeah. They, jumped on it as vindication for how good she's going to be and yeah. a fantastic decision you can't make that judgement on that clip and I'm sorry you, you just can't and people I've seen people on Facebook go oh, she's absolutely brilliant uh, the dialogue the way she said this the way she said that it's just one very short clip yeah. so my point is you can't make a judgement on how good she is based on that is she, the thing is she certainly looked um, yeah. And uh, if, basically if you haven't seen the clip it's set presumably fairly early in the episode yeah. set on a train She's um, still trying to come to terms she's with. She still she doesn't quite. Well, but the thing who she is, is, I think the first thing is, it's
0: like, uh, man why do you keep calling me ma'am? Yeah. You're a woman. Yeah. Am I? You know, it. That, that's the kind of first thing yeah. you get. So it's certainly very, very early on. And um, it's her
1: on a train with the two characters who are going to become her companions. Uh, police. I think the, the woman is a police officer. I can't make out the clip if the guy um, is a police officer.
0: The yeah, thing is, the clip is actually a bit dark. Yeah, you know? It's quite it's, dark. It's, I don't think it's, it's like not, finished it's not, product. It's not properly graded you for know? screening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, screen not finished product.
1: So she's basically leading them down the carriage. carriage. And it is quite doctorish yeah. the way she talks. So yeah. How do they get on here because it's locked? How do they get on? She's, her mind is working in a doctor way. Um, the impression I got from it is, yeah, okay, looks all right. Um, I must admit, the dialogue is a bit glib, so it just reminded me a bit of Stephen Moffat, the bit with the tongue. It's yeah, on the, it's you know, what's, what's this? What's your name? Oh, I can't remember it. It's on the tip of my... And she points to her tongue. What's this? She can't remember what her tongue is, and you think, mm, okay, yeah. That's very... That does strike me as very Stephen Moffat. Yes, yeah, I, I wasn't there.
0: first on that scene because, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, it, it was just too... It was trying too hard to be funny. I thought. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't subtle humor.
1: Long-time Doctor fans will know the Doctor's always quite erratic and, and not exactly zany, but uncharacteristic in his first episode, her first episode. And I dare say that's what they're going for here, which is why you can't make a judgment on this clip. Yeah, you need to see what happened before. You need to see what happened next and where the story goes. It's one isolated clip. Her performance is perfectly fine. She's a good actress anyway. I expected no less of her. You can't really make any other judgment other than the fact you've seen a short clip from the new Doctor and it looks okay. Yeah. Don't know what the story is going to be, although there've been some whispers about what the story might be. But she looks fine. But to say that she's nailed it and it's wonderful, you can't you can't say that. It's good performance. It's fine. But it's. I did
0: like the mention of um, you know describing Peter Capaldi. It's funny. I wasn't sure on that. No, I I kind of liked it because uh, yeah, yeah, they've they've all kind of done it, haven't they? You know, uh, I I think it didn't David Tennant reference the ears, yeah, because he mentions all smaller ears and stuff like that. (laughs) I like, I like that it's it's almost like a nice little nod to say, you know, Capaldi was a doctor. I think, yeah,
1: I just think that I'm hoping that it's going to be a clean slate. Yeah that's not going to reference his past too much, and to see them referencing the first episode, just acknowledging that Capaldi was yeah, a Doctor is yeah, great. Yeah,
0: but don't constantly, sit and, you know, mention yeah. the past now. The well, this is what wrong. I mean.
1: You can read too much into these things. It's just a brief scene. Uh, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. No more than that, because you can't. You can't say any more than that. People who have said more than that are just being silly, basically. Now, I, I do justify. have a
0: bit of an issue with the Sonic
1: We've Screwdriver. we images of the Sonic Screwdriver. Now, the first yeah, point you yeah. made is that. The sonic screwdriver is a metal tube that the Doctor carries around. You've now got a woman carrying a metal tube that lights mm-hmm. up. And you're going to have those jokes about... There's man. going to be jokes, you yeah. Know. There's going to be... It's inevitable. Things. and it, you know, I think that happened when she was first announced. Oh, what are you going to do with the that? sonic screwdriver? Yeah. yeah. The sonic screwdriver can look a bit like a vibrator. Yeah. Can we move on from <laughs> on that <Yeah>. please? <laughs> so we've got this new thing, which is this odd... Now, the issue I
0: have with it is it looks like something maybe the Silurians would use... Yeah, uh, almost, yeah, It, it looks um, very kind of, it looks spacey, which, which is in, in tail with Doctor Who, don't get me wrong, but it, it looks too much like like a, a laser blaster from like a Star it doesn't Trek or Galactica. Ve- like it
1: doesn't look as if it's got any screwdriver capacity no. to it. I mean, it was just okay. As the years have gone on, it's moved away from that idea. But the first Sonic screwdriver we saw properly was with Patrick Troutman, it was just a little stubby little thing. And then John Perkley had one, which was a tube with a thing that glowed at the top and it's got more and more extravagance. Yeah, there's been on.
0: extravagance and then it, it's come down a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like um, you know, David Tennant's was very basic. It mm. just popped up a little bit blue light. Uh, I mean, it, it remembers the scene from the 50th anniversary when they're all pulling out their screwdrivers. And Don't remind it, me of right. there's, there's that almost kind of masculinity
1: oh, kind of vibe it was to it. so funny. So, I, I just... I just, it looks too much like, like a weapon yeah. rather than a uh, look, useful tool. There's a couple of pictures that have been released and there's one where she's holding it up with this look of triumph on her face and it glows at the top and there's yeah. like a crystal at the top and I think that it glows red down the length and it glows at the bottom again. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like a practical piece of kit. It no. looks like a gadget. And the thing is, over the last few years it's become more of a weapon anyway. You know, It's become something that yeah, it can do it can do everything. Well, if you remember you know, the last... Uh, not the penultimate Peter Capaldi woman, the one with the side men. He was using it to blow side men. Yeah. He was just waving it around a side member blowing up. what's the gun now, is it? <laughs> apparently it is. So yeah, it's, it, but it's just odd, but yeah, let's just get over the thing the fact that it was like a lady's pleasure. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You know, because that's a bit boring at all, is
0: Yeah, it? yeah. You know, it's um, again it comes down to the fact that the doctor's a woman Now, oh,
1: should we make these shows? Yeah. I'm sure somebody will find them funny, but...
0: <laughs> well, you know,
1: we, we probably mentioned before the jokes about that first clip where she falls out the TARDIS. Oh, even the TARDIS doesn't want yeah. a woman driver.
0: You know, basically, the Doctor is a woman now. Yeah.
1: Deal with it. Deal with it. Or just, don't, <laughs> I just, just don't watch it. Yeah. Deal with it um, by not watching it. So, deal with it by giving it a chance. Or just watch it and enjoy it, which is what I want to do.
0: So, yeah, my only issue with that sonic screwdriver is it doesn't look like a sonic screwdriver. Yeah. It's not what... It, it looks like a
1: weapon, and... Well, I just think yeah. that it was never such a big thing before. Yeah. It was just something the Doctor had, to have, and now it's a big revelation. Oh, look, the new sonic screwdriver has arrived. And Peter Capaldi's came out of the TARDIS. It was a big, dramatic thing where he caught it in midair. But well, it it's just a screwdriver yeah. at the end of the day. It's just a little yeah. thing. It's called the now, sonic yeah. screwdriver,
0: and it's just a screwdriver. And of
1: course, the trouble with the sonic screwdriver, back in the 80s, in Peter Davison's season they wrote it out they blew it up Yeah, because the producer quite rightly said well the trouble is he uses it for all sorts of things it just takes the dramatic tension away if he can use it all the time but when, it, when the series came back Russell T Davies said well we bring the sonic screwdriver back because you don't want the Doctor to be stuck behind the door he should be able to get out of a locked door you don't want that to stop the story but over the years now, it's become more than that. It's, yeah. It can do it; can turn things on and off. And if it can blow down. up a Cyberman,
0: yeah. are the Cybermen a threat? Well, You know, oh, Cybermen, yeah. pop, bugger yeah. off! I've got a sonic screwdriver. It'd be if you even <laughs> unscrewed
1: them, if you used it, and all <laughs> yeah, popped yeah, out. That would yeah, be quite yeah. funny. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know the sonic screwdriver is one of those things. I would mind become, seeing
0: the return of the psychic paper, though. I did enjoy the psychic paper. I think they were still
1: using that, weren't they? I think Capaldi used that quite a bit. I think yeah, but it, it, it wasn't as kind of no. fun as it was with well again again when. Russell T Davies brought the show back, he didn't want to go through all the business of the Doctor explaining who he is. He yeah. not want really to give him something that gives him an alter ego, you know, this is who I am. You know, gets through all that business of trying to explain who
0: he is. I'm used it better, yeah. whenever, whenever he shows somebody, yeah. he, he kind of... Cause I think uh, the problem with
1: Capaldi was he, his Doctor was very one-lined. Yeah, I think he just yeah. had... There was so many problems with that mm. era. It was so badly mismanaged, I don't care what anybody says. In my opinion, it was very badly mismanaged, very badly written. Um, so anyway, that Doctor Who clip has been released. So it's the first sighting we've had. And it's, we're still about three months away from the new series starting. So it's quite interesting to get a look at how it's going to be. I look forward to seeing it. Again, I, I think it, when we yeah. see that clip in context, it'll be probably graded in the music score by the new composer who's been released uh, I imagine there'll be week. some kind of like funky sound towards that that bit of. Well, the they don't do. I mean, I love yeah. Murray Gold's music, but he did have a tendency to say laugh now. This bit should make you cry. Right. This bit should make you scared. The mu- the music, I think, should underscore the action rather than tell you what to think about it. Because I don't like it when they do sort of comedy. Just laugh if you find it funny. So anyway, that Doctor Who clip is out there. Doctor's back in October. Excellent. Now it's time for... Scott Homework. tripods with the emphasis on the tripe what do you think uh you've watched six episodes of the first season just for a bit of background again on this um tripods was based on a trio of books written by john christopher (laughs) back in the 60s and um, (coughs) john christopher was one of those he's a bit like john who did daily Trippies, he did these dystopian apocalyptic stories um which i've read quite a lot of He have got some really good books his real name is sam yowd and this series of books was about set in the future where the earth was under the dom- domination by these metallic giant walking machines called tripods who walked on three legs. So it's hard to believe but John Christopher actually said he'd forgotten that that come from War of the worlds. He just did it. The image was in his mind, but he forgot where it came from, which is it's, it's so, so obviously taken from all the worlds. It's hard to believe he didn't think, Oh, on, I can't do that because it's been done. But anyway, it's set in the 23rd century. I yeah. think. And, um, basically the human race has been completely subjugated by these giant walking machines.
0: So what we had known uh well, you know, back then, so TV yeah. technology, anything like that, is now non-existent. People are living the it's, simple uh, life.
1: It's sort of an early 19th century sort of rural life. People live in um, farms it, and well, mills. What's the,
0: what's the um, culture core where they use no technology?
1: Um, uh,
0: it's very much like uh, that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's that.
0: Um, oh. Ah, with The buckles. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Come yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they live in very much that kind yeah. of life. And when you come of age, you um, basically have to shave off all your hair, make your way to the tripod that will visit. It will come down, pick you up, and it will cap you. Uh, and um, the two lads that live uh, in this uh, little kind of village that they're in, um, they, well, the one mainly he's a bit, he, he yeah. doesn't want to be capped. He's, yeah. Doesn't like the changes that it makes because they were friends with this guy. Well, the
1: caps sort of subjugate people's minds, so they just become placid and docile. And if yeah. there's any thought of rebellion or being different from the Amish, world, yeah, that's the word <laughs> Amish. Yeah, that was it. And it began with a W. Um, so no, any thought of rebellion or being different uh, are just flattened out by these caps which affect their brains so they yeah. don't think that way it's so almost like they've got like, the, uh, like zong- a cone in there. makes hair, them sort of a know, zombified it's yeah. like this metal grill that's in their head it heads. basically
0: makes them um, like well, they're placid and they can yeah, placid. They don't, they don't struggle or fight yeah. the will yeah. they don't question the, the, the way things are um, but, but these, will,
1: will Parker Will Parker that's right so I meant to watch a few episodes of this as well and I did look at some clips and things last night just to remind myself of the look of it and this documentary, which is worth looking at I forget Henry, the Henry, Will tree. and Henry's his cousin. Um, they meet up with this guy Ozymandias, yeah, who's like this, a um, type.
0: I, I can't remember what they called them in the show now. But, um, free men, the free men. Yeah, they, he they tells go, them about the free men. Who they call the something mountains. else from the group, and um, they're, they're basically raggedy. Yeah, they're of. sort
1: of almost like hippie types. Yeah, they've escaped capping, and they're sort of trying to set up a resistance movement. And because Will is already thinking along those lines, he decides with his cousin to travel to the White Mountains, which is the Alps in Switzerland, it turns out. And the first series of 13 episodes is basically their adventures. Now, they meet up in, not sure which episode it is, they meet up with Jean-Paul, who they call Beanpole. The, uh, the French one. that's right. And I think uh, that's about the fourth well, episode episodes,
0: something yeah. like that. Uh, the thing is, they end up on a ship uh, heading off to France yeah. with uh, Captain Curtis, yeah. uh, who treats them a little bit harsher than yeah. was promised. And oh. uh, they pay him and get there, but uh, they escape from the boat um, and end up in captivity yeah. and bean poles. And he's got glasses on, and they're yeah. a bit surprised what glasses are. They show him binoculars and things like that. And the binoculars come later, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but and but they go to
1: Paris, isn't there? Have you seen that one? Yeah, Paris? they go
0: into Paris, they're in the shopping centre, yeah. they're taking all the clothes right. and stuff, and then there's these kind of raider type people. Yeah. Uh they find the machine gun, which is a great scene They're yeah. inside this sort of um oh, like like uh, like during World War Two when people had camps in the subways and stuff. Uh they find a go, what's this? And he fires the gun, everyone ducks, they find a the grenade and they Oh you broke it. <laughs> goes, oh well there's loads there anyway, he throws it back <laughs> yeah. and it blows up. Um and and they, they have a little bit of a stone throwing battle mm-hmm. and stuff. But that was a really, really good scene, I really enjoyed that. But I think the best scene I think so I've seen it to about episode six um, and the best scene is when they just, they jump off the train yeah, uh, and they're like, oh, we're miles out of our way. So yeah, but you know, we got places quicker. It was nice and relaxed. And then they look on the horizon and there's three tripods kind yeah. of walking across.
1: Uh, and that, just that little scene looks fantastic. How it do you think, you, before we go to the story itself, how do you think the visuals stand up? Really good. Because it's at the time they were genuinely. Cause again, I was watching this documentary last night yeah. and they showed some clips that oh, it looks quite hokey now. Because it was made in 1984.
0: I, I, I loved it because it, it's that same kind of thing it's not CGI is yeah. not always the best. No. You knew that these, you know, uh, in, in the very first episode when you see the first boy get capped, you see the claw kind no. of come down and it looks edgy and moot. You, know, yeah. you can see somebody's probably got a stick. Yeah underneath and they're bringing it down. But you can see that this has grabbed this character oh, yeah. and it's picking the character up and yeah. taking him in. It just looks physical. It looks like it's
1: actually there. Yeah, it, because you know it is. Yeah. You know, once you uh, CGI something, you look at you, and you know in your in your What mind. I think especially with this because you know it's not CGI. You know yeah. it's a model that they've done. And Again, this documentary is actually worth I keep going on about it as if I'm sponsored by the BBC. <laughs> but this cult of the tripods is worth looking at because it does show you some behind-the-scenes stuff. He speaks to the special effects guy, and the bit where you see in the first episode where the leg comes in, yeah, they actually had the legs. That's all they built, three legs. So when you had the tripod in the water with the three legs, then they overlaid the actual model yeah. over it. So you actually had the leg was physically there, but not the rest of it. And the models were, I don't know, 18 inches high or something. They, because it was all on video rather than on film, and the models were done on video, you didn't have, because back in the old days of Doctor Who, you'll notice when you see a lot of 70s Doctor Who, when it's on film, it looks great, and then you have clunky bits that are done in the video studio, and the quality of the, the filming looks different. But the tripods was all filmed the same way, so you don't get that jarring shift. You notice in Doctor episodes when they're inside, yeah, they're in a studio. When they're outside, it's a different quality to the yeah. film. You can tell it's it's not really connected. It jars, and that's the way that a lot of British television drama was made. We don't get that with the tripods because it was all done on video, so the film the video quality is all the same. And I was looking at the video, and I've created the, the scenes that the and look a bit. It, 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 but they, they look good. They still yeah. look good. It's a good design. When they're filmed from below looking up at them, they're quite scary. They're quite imposing looking things. And again, in this documentary they were saying the trouble was it was called the tripods, but because they were so expensive to animate and to do you and you might have noticed in some episodes, there's no you see a tripod in the distance, yeah. Once, but oh, there's a tripod. Is
0: that, is, is that a bad thing? No, I like to, <laughs> oh. you know, it's, it's like the day of the trip is, yeah. to know the threat is there yeah. is powerful enough, yeah. yeah. Uh, but and you just know, you get a reminder every yeah, now and yeah, again you, you, you don't need to it. like see, oh, they're there again, they're there again, yeah. they're there again. Just the knowledge that they're in the background and yeah. that this threat is yeah. still there, That that's kind of the <clears> best thing, you know. About it. Uh, And I really, really believe, and I, you know. This show will hold up today. I, I th- you could probably re-release that. Probably have to kind of you know gr- make the graphics look a bit smarter. Well, they, they but they released
1: re-release the actual show. They re-released it on DVD. Um, they didn't do anything with it; they just released yeah. it as it was. It came out not long after it finished, and it came re-released. And I think it's done quite well. It's quite a, quite a popular show. I, I think the issues I have with it, uh, I think you've done all the stuff with the chateau. Yes. Where they're great picking. They're just about to leave the chateau. Well, see, none of that is in the books. The books themselves are quite thin books. They're about 150 pages. And they wanted to make 13-part series out of each of those books. It's a bit like The Hobbit trying to make three films out of The Hobbit. You get lots and lots of padding. But with this, they had to make a lot of stuff up. So all the stuff about the chateau... Well, it's none of that. It's, of that, of that, it's it? completely made up. Okay. It is very much the journey, yeah, through adventures, the tripods back and forth. It's,
0: a, it's very similar to a Lord of the Rings kind of yeah. story, though, isn't yeah. it?
1: You know, two a, lads, a, a, you, know, you know, yeah, Sam and yeah, um Frodo. A, you know, a quest to try and find something. Or yeah, they're, 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 to they're heading to
0: something yeah. to do something, and it's just about the journey. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the chateau bit did feel a bit out of place.
1: Well, it's just padded. It's just purely padded um, to fill up the. Episode. But again, it was still quite good. To, but and it helps that the episode quite short if it had been like a 50 minute episode yeah. because, oh, for God's sake it's 20, a <laughs> 25 minute episode so you could put up with it but I remember watching it at the time and I read the books at the time and because as I think I mentioned in the last podcast it was the first thing I did that ever ended up in Starburst so I read the books I'd, I'd heard of the books and I read them in a hurry because I was doing some coverage for the magazine and I remember watching it and I was thinking what's all this bloody great picking <laughs> and all this stuff and they're flirting with these girls and stuff and It's just, and you realise well yeah because it's a short book there's not enough uh,
0: Six a and a half hours of drama. Yeah.
1: And it's a shame. It's a shame that they did it that way. And that's I think that's why the series didn't take off because people wanted to watch a series called The Tripods. They wanted to see tripods. Yeah. Not teenagers brick picking in a chateau and doing horse riding. It but had a
0: very similar vibe to, to to put it into a recent show, um, The Rain.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. it had
0: a very similar vibe to that. Yeah. It's like oh, there's a safe place, yeah. let's let's go there. Um, yeah, it, it had that kind of vibe. And the fact that they were young The thing is, what what I liked about this is the young kids weren't like young kids no. that, that you would put throw in nowadays. Yeah. You know, in the rain, they're all sleeping with each other well, yeah. and all this kind of stuff.
1: Again it's, again, it's a... a totally it's a generational general, thing, It's a generational thing. This yeah. is 1984, you know, getting have the internet. The again, thing and is, all this you didn't
0: stuff. need no. kids sleeping with each other no. back in those days. No. People were, you know, kind of enjoying what they but saw. But I think,
1: interestingly, I mean, this, the whole... The Tripods thing has been with Disney since 2010, and they've been threatening to make a film of it. And you know exactly what it would be like. It yeah. would be all these airbrushed girls. The characters, the gender—you know, the, half the characters would be girls now. Um, it would just be all very PC. Yeah, it would be, and it would jump well, through, and probably it would be, be William and um, Henrietta. Henrietta, yeah, you know, it would. And that and, that you know, we know, we're not having to go at diversity and representation. But do it the right way. This yeah. is my constant thing about just. You no know, box ticking, rather than being creative, but I think they would. It, the characters they, they wouldn't be able to be as they were. They'd have to have some connection to the modern world, yeah, because they wouldn't imagine that the audience would watch. But the whole point like of that. the
0: show is they don't have any connection yeah. to the modern yeah. world, which is possibly why because. they're having trouble doing it. Because yeah, they
1: can't. We've got to find a way to have these people have mobile phones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've we got, we got to put a
0: texting joke in yeah. this section yeah. and all this kind It'd of stuff. It'd have to
1: be something like that, and it's yeah. you know, it's a shame that we can't, you know. I don't know that we can't, I think it's just that the studios assume that people can't. Yeah. You know, they, they assume that people want these things. Um so you've seen six episodes. Yeah. Um the later episodes, it does the pace does pick up. It's a very good final episode of the series where they end up in this sort of slate quarry, it's actually filmed in North Wales, and they get attacked in the night by these tripods. It's a really good scene where they're running through a forest and you see the sort of shape of the tripods and they light up in the dark and they fire these lasers, it's very very spacey and very futuristic. I enjoyed it enough that I
0: think I want to finish the first season. Yeah, um, because it was. Um, I, I would put this up there as what, again one of my favourite uh, homeworks because the yeah. story is really well told. Well, if you've watched six, um, I mean, there's
1: another seven, and you know, and it yeah. does it does get once it away from the chateau, it starts picking yeah. up, and you do see a bit more tripod action. The second season, again for this documentary, they realised they had to do more tripod stuff in it. The second book. Um, which is the city of golden lead is where they actually go the tripods have actually got these cities like these big green domes and they decide to infiltrate the tripod city to try and find out the weaknesses of the tripods and in the book it's really claustrophobic and the, the air is poisonous they've got wear these helmets all the time and the masters these sort of the aliens are very good because they base the tripods on their own look because they're these big green blobs that have three legs yeah. which is why they've got the tripod machines and in the book it's quite claustrophobic and stifling and you know, it's quite uncomfortable for a kid's book written in the 60s. But the TV version isn't quite like that. They built this big model of the city because there's no CGI. It's have got this massive model, it's a huge studio. But it just, it's a little bit camp. And a bit like this, most shows that back in... If you watch this documentary, it is quite camp because it's all full of the, the, the slaves to the masters are all young boys. So they're all sort of pubescent boys. Mm. There's even a line of dialogue when the alien creature says, in time you'll learn that you're not actually interested in girls. And all the boys wore, wore these little shorts. And it's quite sort of 80s, homoerotic yeah. sort of thing. And there's one clip which is really funny. I saw in this programme yesterday where one of the other slaves looks like Freddie Mercury. He's got the <laughs> moustache. And they. For, and what, I don't know what they were thinking of the second series. The slaves have got a nightclub which is called the Pink Parrot. Right. I mean, they all look like Freddie Mercury and they're all you know mincing around. And it's just so... you. And the, the producer was on this programme and it never occurred to us. Never could. We look at it now, you know. It just screams all yeah. more erotic subtext and things. Like, I, you didn't realize? You honestly didn't realize you've got a pink parrot, and these boys. All, and there's even scenes of these boys all dancing together. You think what? <laughs> <laughs> of course, none of this is in the book. The, yeah. book. the book is like a really alien environment. It's none of this. But presumably, thought well, we can't have people, you know in that we have to make it a bit more humanistic but the second series isn't very good to be honest I will finish the first season and leave it at that there was supposed to be a third series of course there's three books yeah. and during the making of the second series they were told by the BBC that they weren't going to do the third series because it wasn't very popular and I think it's again it says in this documentary at the time tribal was getting about 7-8 million viewers which would be great today but on ITV you had the prices right, which is getting 15 million viewers. And the BBC are well, why are we spending all this money yeah, on this? On this when that costs nothing and is getting on this unfortunately the big TV has gone ever since. So during the second series, they had to hurriedly rewrite the last episode. Where in the books, uh, the boys get back from the city to the White Mountains, where the um, there was they meet the resistance at the end of the first series, and they get back to the resistance camp at the end of the second series, and it's burnt out. It's been destroyed right? and which didn't happen in the books and Will turns to Henry and says it's all been for nothing we lost and that's how the series ends in a real downbeat sort of thing that's a good way to end it yeah I mean it's not how the books end because the books had a really exciting ending where they dropped bombs on the cities from balloons Yeah, it was really exciting and that's what they were going to do but of course they had to rewrite the ending so it's very very downbeat and the resistance doesn't win which is unusual but it's not what was planned
0: but the thing is quite often I like it when the villains win because it's not what you expect
1: sometimes. I think you if, know? It's, if it's in the story plan to do it that way, but I, they had to do it because they weren't doing the next series. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if you watch the rest of it. Um, I'll definitely have a look, look, look at one it, yeah. or two of the second season ones to see how. Just see because it is just very bizarre, creative choices that they appeared not to realise. Very odd. Um, marks out of ten for what have you see. Marks out of
0: ten, nine out of ten. Really? really well, nice. I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was um, the only reason I hadn't finished it, it was because of time. Just a question of
1: time. Oh yeah, uh, that, that's it. Well, you know, time
0: is our greatest um, enemy. T- time is of the essence. Time is yep. relative. Yep. Time is
1: uh, time is Very time wimpy. That's the tripods. So yeah,
0: homework for next.
1: Your next homework is going to be the champions. The champions. Mm. Not here to this at all. Champions was an ITC adventure series from the sixties. Now I've mentioned ITC before when they did things like um, the S, the Saint They did all these slick action series that were sold internationally because Lou Grade ran ITC and he, he, he kept Jerry Anderson going with Thunderbirds and got yeah. all these series. ITC was like this big. I'm not even going to make a comparison to like Netflix, but it's very. Um, it was a big powerhouse that made populist film series that was sold while abroad. Champions was an espionage series about three agents working for an organisation called Nemesis, uh, which is based in Geneva. And in the first episode, they're in China, breaking into a, I think it's some sort of weapons laboratory or um, some sort of laboratory doing biological warfare or something. And they tried to get some plans or something away. And they escaped from this place. And, the plane that they're escaping from China in crashes in the Himalayas and they appear to have all been killed. <coughs> but they're not killed. They're rescued by a mysterious monk or a sort of llama figure. And it's quite sort of psychedelic. You see all these peculiar things happen. And when they get back home, they realize they've all got special abilities. Ooh, superhero stuff. Basically, you're sort of superheroes in suits. Yeah. Um, and basically every episode is an adventure where they use their powers in some way. But Nobody knows they've got these powers. They try to keep them secret. They all know in between them. They can talk to each other telepathically. Some are quite agile. They've got strength and things. Um, it ran for one series of 26 episodes. Have a look at them. You probably won't want to watch them all, because a lot of these series episodes, it was not like today where you have story arcs and character yeah. development. These are these three characters. They have an adventure. They have another adventure. They have another adventure. They don't have romances because that wasn't the, the way TV series were made in those days. They yeah. made them so that they could show the episodes in any order. Whereas now, series, you have to watch every episode in order. They'd make twenty-six episodes, of the network could show them in any episode order they like. So don't expect you know watch an episode, then forget it, watch the next one. Just have a look at them, see how many of them you like. Can get like, like, um, uh, like the eighteen. Yeah, you like know, the eighteen. The eighteen always yeah. finished really well. Win the win UFOs, episodes, role, all these yeah. series with just a story, then another story, but not much connection. Uh, the Champions has no connection between any episode, yeah. other than the characters having adventures.
0: Versus, as long as you watch the first one first, watch you the, can go, the, next which the rest I think of them. For the
1: beginning and then pick and choose okay. try and watch a few of them to get the feeling and those sorts of series were very popular well like I'll tell years. you
0: what l- later on give me a recommendation list of episodes of, of episodes okay. that, that you think okay. um, yeah. would truly show the okay. ability I haven't of it. seen it for years I don't want to watch so. a bunch of bad ones and say oh, no. nope they're bad yeah. and you can yeah. say well what about this episode okay. and I didn't get it okay um, so yeah I'll, so I'll that's get the champions. The
1: champions. come back to us in the next episode and don't, don't forget out there everybody can keep getting in touch with us on our Facebook page um, we got our Twitter accounts and you can email us at paul.mount at starburstmagazine.com and Scott your email uh,
0: my email is holmes 97 at gmail.com excellent
1: let's have a book review <gasps> books Just a quick book review of a book which I'm reading at the moment, courtesy of Starburst Magazine, the world's going running la 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I'm just reading this book at the moment, there'll be a review online in the next few days. Um, it's called Blood Cruise. It's written by a Swedish author called Mats Strandberg, apparently it's been translated from Swedish and Italian places. Um, it's a big chunky book which I was sent last week to review and I started it on Thursday, it's 567. Is there blood on a boat? boat? There's blood on a boat. Um, I good. am at the moment four hundred and odd pages, four hundred and fifty pages through it's a rattlingly good yarn. And out in the garden reading it, it's great fun. Um, basically the story is about a booze cruise that um, travels between Sweden and Finland. It's an overnight booze cruise, big liner, twelve hundred people go on board just to get pissed. Uh, and dance the night away and behave in a debauched fashion and dance go, the night away, good then then, the song. And it's also a good song with the Motors, nineteen seventy eight, a mm-hmm. punk band. Hmm. So there, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's an old, it's a knackered sort of knackered old ship that rattles back and forth. And the, the early chapters, we meet have these things too. You meet the different characters. You know, this, you know, this middle-aged woman who's wondering what she's going to do with her life. This dysfunctional family, whose father's a bit of a drunk. Um, the gay couple. There's like a former crew member who wants to propose to his partner. You meet different crew members. There's a, a, a singer who's like the karaoke singer. Was a former Eurovision contestant in the Eurovision Song Contest for Sweden years ago. And he's really pissed off that his life's come to this, working on this cruise ship. So you meet all these different characters. And then you meet two other characters. A mysterious, middle-aged sort of woman who looks like she comes from a photograph. She's sort of a distant, old-fashioned looking woman. And this young little blonde boy, who's a bit pallid, a bit, you know, complexion's very poor. But he speaks in a quite a mannered sort of fashion as well. Long story short, they're vampires. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the mother is trying to keep the boy on. You know, they, they've been alive for 200 years and they're trying to keep under the radar and they keep travelling so they don't get detected. But they're on this cruise. The boy, however, he bites somebody. And the, the, the twist is here that they become vampires quite quickly. And it, it's part vampire, part zombie. It's sort of a mix of the two, really. Right. People become vampires quite quickly once they're bitten. It's quite graphic in that their teeth fall out and their guns expand and their fangs come out. So basically he starts infecting people who also start infecting people who and more and more people on the, and basically it becomes a bloodbath of people discover what's happening and you meet certain characters you met, some of them don't get away, I don't quite know where it ends up yet, there's certain characters who are still alive hiding in their cabins. It's just um, ludicrously entertaining, it's just a bloodbath, it's very gory, it's very graphic and it's a real sort of page turner, it flies on, it's think like it say it's 500 pages but it doesn't feel like it because the chapters are quite short. The print's quite big and this is my review copy so I don't know if the actual yeah. published copies will be different. But it's a real you know, a mad, stupid summer book to read if you want to take something gory and bloodthirsty on holiday with you. On your Kindle preferably not on a boat Not on a boat, <laughs> no, don't go on a cruise one of the, under the um, references on the front of the book it says I will never set foot on a cruise ship again says Asa Larson the best selling author of the second Debbie's him so it's a, it's a good gory horror book I really enjoyed reading it and it's out I think it's out on out on July the 12th I believe yeah 12th of July it's available in your shops Blood Cruise by Mats Strandberg. If you like a vampire story, when I heard it was about vampires, oh, vampires are dead. Yeah. But these are really vicious. Now as long as they're real vampires, vampires they're, know, really they're there
0: for the thirst, or because none of this glittery,
1: no, they even leather-wearing... Wearing- the, 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 boy, right. the boy tells on the character about the history of vampires, of course, our reputation's gone downhill. Yeah. We're all sparkly-faced. No, we're not like that. We're killers. Good. And if the, the boy sort of wants to spread vampirism across the world, and if the ship gets back into the port... It will. It will. That oh, oh, it's, it's just a good. You know, it's not a great work of literature. I'm not saying it's. You know, a classic novel. It's a good summer read. So. Good. A good read. So, if you're interested in vampires and booze cruises, it's for you. I will give it a nine out of ten at the moment. Wow. But there'll be a longer review on the Starburst website very soon. A uh, quick mention. A quick obituary to Harvey Ellison, Harlan Ellison. God Harvey Allison <laughs> um, Harlan Ellison of course the, uh, world famous science fiction writer uh, born in May 1934 he died last week on June the 28th um, people will probably best known for a Star Trek episode The City on the Edge of Forever which you wrote, which is regarded as one of the best Star Trek episodes um, massive um, I mean I'm not a massive science fiction literature person but I'm well aware that the name of Harlan Ellison is sort of iconic in the world of the genre and um, he's another sort of legendary figure in the genre, have a look at him online to find out a bit more about him, I just wanted to mention him, not in great detail because I'm not that familiar with his work apart from Star Trek really shamefully, but he's a massive um, sort of, a bit like Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov, really big names at the, the early days of 20th century science fiction, who passed away last week uh, RIP to Harlan Allison. if you've got any favourite Harlan Ellison stories or books you'd like to recommend us I'm always up for a challenge, let us know if you're a fan of his work, what he meant to you and what what works do you think best represented his style? Hal and Ellison, R.I.P. Um, so I think that's probably it. Yeah. We're, we're baking, it's boiling hot. We're going to go and sit, we're going to take our tops off, girls. We're going <laughs> to sit <laughs> in the sand. <laughs> and we're going to um, rub oil over each other. And
0: uh, I, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> <so>. uh, <laughs> you check your contract, mate, you want to check your contract. <laughs> but and also, you're very welcome for us. Making a very strong attempt to keep these episodes a little bit shorter, so you can entertain uh, yourselves in a very kind uh, of condensed manner, rather than having to book some time off work to enjoy our uh, longer yeah, episodes. We do tend to go longer a little bit. So
1: plus um, it is it is a hot day, and we don't want to sit crowded around this microphone for too long. Exactly. But we know you're waiting to hear from us, so we didn't want to let you down. Yes. And so, and um, do us a favour. Remember. Don't forget to check out those two Don't forget to check out YouTube. our YouTube channel those two blokes and we'll be putting some more bits and pieces up here and there randomly and keep in touch with us in all the ways that I mentioned earlier but I can't be bothered to mention again now. So that's us for this episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks time when we'll hear what Scott thought of the champions whether he um, thought it was champion whether he thought it was not. not we'll also have a, probably a couple more TV reviews as oh, we do who knows what we are doing and next you next never know so Yeah, just never know more fun and games for all the family but don't watch happy with the kids so them. it's the a kids goodbye tomorrow. from it's a goodbye from him hi bye and goodbye from him bye bye ta-da Plus was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I was here.